0: Morning Laguna Beach. This is Craig Rainbow Radio. I did. I missed you last week. Uh, uh, I couldn't make it in, so I just had music. I hope uh, you weren't terribly disappointed. <laughs> say, <laughs> lots to catch up on since I missed last week, and I'm here this week. But first of all, we always have to go over the weather because that's the ma- most important thing in early in the morning, and uh, here in Laguna Beach. And I'm so happy to say today we're supposed to have a, a lovely. A lovely high of 72 degrees. I mean, that's because of we're all good people. We that the sun shines down on us, and and indeed tomorrow uh, it is not going to quit. It's going to be 75 degrees. So It is a beach day. I have my flip flops on and my shorts. You know, here in the studio, don't have to dress up too much for the studio. So, and then it goes into 70, 69. The rest of the week uh wednesday the big day as we will go on about today a little bit more which um wednesday which is only about 86 hours away and we know what happens on wednesday right so uh wednesday is supposed to be partly cloudy Hmm, makes sense uh but as long as the sun comes through 71 degrees as the sun comes through at the end of the day we'll be happy about that so um yeah i'm sorry i missed you last week we had uh I I couldn't make it this week. uh, I'm back with lots of catching up to do. Uh, First, I want to shout out to uh, Saturday Market, a great place to go get your food, keep your distance, wear your mask, fresh produce, farm to market. It supports the locals and also uh, support the local Laguna Beach as much as you possibly can. I know um, from my own personal experience, there's a, a great number of people out there that are suffering and, um, and out of food and out of a lot of things. So um, yeah, so if you can support Laguna Beach, uh, however you can, I'm sure the whole community appreciates it. Um, It's been, soon it will have been a year. Uh, Imagine that. Think about that. And since we shut down, I'm not sure if it was March when we started shutting down, but I know in February we were talking about this strange virus, which it's amazing to think that, uh, a whole year, almost a whole year has gone by and, uh, it hasn't been easy at times and other times we realize what we're grateful for. So it's been, for me, it's been quite a roller coaster ride and I, um, I'm kind of feeling some optimism about the future. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. I, I do feel that uh, maybe we get some, um, relief and we get some, uh, new programs going, and uh, there's, there's a lot to, there's actually a lot to talk about. So, um, and with that, I will start the news right off with um, this article was uh, published on the 6th, and it says, for LGBTQ plus people around the world, here's what Biden can do to build a better, to build back better. So in every country, LGBTQ people face discrimination from economic inequality and housing discrimination to the most severe cases, state-sanctioned violence, up to murder. The incoming Biden administration has the opportunity for the United States to help at home and abroad. Already, President-elect Joe Biden has pledged to revamp the offices of the State Department and the U.S. Agency for International Development, USAID, dedicated to LGBTQ plus rights and development. Beyond that, there are policy decisions and he and his cabinet can make on a day-to-day, uh, on a one, uh, on, one-on-one and truly support a and dedicate resource to the LGBTQ plus people around the world. So we're hopeful. I mean, that's not bad news. <laughs> Lord knows we have... Way too much of that. Um, and here's some other fun news. It, if I don't know if you've um, caught this in the news. This this just came out. Well, this was actually uh, added on the 3rd of January. So what today's, it's a few, it's a couple weeks ago uh, that it was published, but I think now it's just finally getting recognition. Uh, a pro rugby player, Devin Ibanez, Ibanez, excuse me, Ibanez says, He's received overwhelming support after coming out gay. There is the most lovely photograph of him and his uh, boyfriend in the media. If you have a chance to look at it, it's heartwarming. Uh, I've I've seen a couple of pictures of it, and I don't know, they just look so terribly happy. It's it's nice uh, to know that. Um, they're uh, also in the news. Uh, is a new coffee table publication. And now I wish I had more information about it, but um, two gay guys in New York that have been together for over 30 years uh, owned a um, a resale shop. And every once in a while when they'd go through estate sales and stuff, they'd find photographs of gay couples. They were obviously gay because you know it was pretty apparent from the photograph um and not in a bad way i mean they were <laughs> that sounds really bad don't know no don't go there it was they're very g rated except that they're guys holding hands and and maybe once in a while they're kissing but mostly they're just holding hands and admiring one another and uh so he took they started collecting them because they thought it was a statement about generations back when photography first started and they're on and that where it was documented, these relationships were documented, but they, but they were kept secret. So every once in a while they find a treasure trove of these photographs and now they have over 600 photographs and they decided that it was time to do a uh, coffee table book and, and show some of these photographs. And they're, they're really heartwarming and it makes you feel like, um, You know, be grateful for where we are, for one. But you look back and you think, well, we're not the first. I mean, sometimes we forget and and how secretive it had to be. Uh, But a lot of these relationships persevered and survived. And in spite of being uh, the three big whammies, I call it, one, was against, in the the turn of the century, that was last century, (laughs) not this one um in the uk it was considered an immoral uh deed uh, particularly by the church but immoral generally immoral attitudes if you were gay so two it was against the law so it was immoral in the church's eyes where you might want to go to seek help it was against the law which means you could get thrown in jail and it was considered an illness you know so we've come a long ways and um a lot has been done to debunk it as an illness, uh, and finally they decide that it was not an illness, but then there's still, um, there's still organizations uh, still touting about conversion therapy, even though it's become illegal in many locations. So anyway, this coffee table book, you can Google it, I'm sure, and find where it is. Uh, I just watched a documentary last night about it shortly, and I didn't have time to get all the details, but. It, it sounds very interesting, and to celebrate love, the love of one another, and it's also a great realization that it's been going on for a while, not just this generation, which sometimes we forget and like to pretend that it's all about this generation, eh, maybe in some regards, but in, other, in others, there's a path that got us here. All right, so the rugby, rugby player guy and his boyfriend are fabulous. I might, I might add, and um, this is progress, but it, it shows you, this next article is, but it shows you just how slow progress, progress, as some of my British friends would say, this is progress. Um, it shows how slow it can be. Uh, head of the German bishops calls for church to reform on LGBTQ plus tech teachings, so <clears throat> they're they're having they're wrangling a bit with it, which is good. The head of the German bishops' conference, George Batzing, what a name, Batzing, has called for. It's called on the Catholic Church to alter its teachings on LGBTQ plus people. In an interview with the magazine, her doesn't say which magazine. <coughs> Sorry, um. Uh, let's see, in, in an interview with a magazine, Herder Correspondence Bishop Bat, Batzing, Batzing, I think it's B. zing says he uh, wants church blessings for couples who cannot marry in the Catholic Church to be introduced. So you can get a church blessing in the Catholic Church, but you can't get married, but that's a step, okay? It's it's a step, and and. Often, the journey begins with just one step. So, uh, well, always it does. But anyway, I digress. I digress. Uh, this refers to people who have previously divorced and same-sex couples. So, people who have previously divorced, because you can't get, that's against the Catholic Church too, but you can get a blessing. And if you're gay, you can get a blessing, is what they're saying now, which is, hmm, it's a step. <laughs> We need solutions that are not only effective in private, but also have public visibility, yet make it clear that no marriage is being uh, Solomonized. He said, the current church teachings state that homosexual sex is intrinsically disordered, but LGBTQ people are uh, to be treated with respect, compassion, sensitivity, and without discrimination. It sounds like an oxymoron. Um, They're intrinsically disordered, but without discrimination but okay it's progress folks we love progress <laughs> oh and now we're getting into more some more current politics here I do i usually don't go into politics right off the bat usually usually i melt toast it for a while with some on this day in history but that's coming up <laughs> uh lgbt no uh No more to that. LGBT groups back Trump removal from office and condemn the Capitol riot. LGBT groups have condemned Wednesday's siege on the Capitol by Trump supporters. President Trump for weeks has been calling on supporters to descend on the city on January 6th, the day a joint session of Congress was scheduled to uh, certify President-elect Joe Joe Biden November's win. Trump, uh, Trump appeared to a... Save America rally near the Capitol appeared at not to God, Craig. Okay, near the Capitol and repeated his claims that the election had been rigged. And you know, and this is where I, I will leap off a little bit here. I'm all for a fair election. I'm all for no rigging, no false stuff. No, but uh, the election happened almost. Was it, I forget, close to two months ago was November. Yeah. And every opportunity has been there, every step of the way to step in with some information to indicate that it was stolen, to indicate that it was, and they can find some anomalies like with every election, but they they cannot find, and these are Republican people, particularly in uh, Georgia uh, that are, uh, Counting the votes, along with the Democrats, along with everyone, and a very dedicated, I think, group of people, hardworking, and they're all saying that there was no nothing there. But the to perpetrate the information. Now, I, I've seen some stuff where everyone says, "Oh no, it's there. This is happening." We read this, we read that. Well, it's kind of like with social media, as we have, I hope, all come to realize. That falsehoods can propagate more falsehoods that propagate falsehoods that verify the first ones that are false when they don't really verify the first ones are false because there were faults to begin with. So if you get all that, it's just uh, it, it, it's it's a self feeding frenzy. And uh, I think if there was some, as many people that were involved in the election, if there was some credible major criminal activity at this point someone would have stepped forward, a whistleblower, someone would have stepped forward. And again, people have stepped forward, but I said with credible information, credible information. So that's, and so as a voter that voted, well, I I don't say where I voted, but I think everyone deserves to be recognized for their vote. And for someone to say that it was stolen is, and want to steal it back is inappropriate Take it back if it was done illegally, and and everyone's happy for that. I I think anyone who voted for whomever they voted would like to think that it was honest, and that's the American way, and the transition of power that goes with it. So I digress. I'm off my soapbox now. Okay, probably preaching to the choir here a bit with some people. But um, he said, while Trump uh, failed to convince state and federal judges, including the Supreme Court, of voter fraud, dozens of Republicans in the House and Senate had announced that they would be uh, that they were prepared to object to election results in several battleground states where Trump lost. For good for the good of the democ- of our democracy, Trump said it must be must be removed from office. This is the HRC and other organizations must be removed from office immediately. The Human Rights Campaign, the nation's largest LGBT advocate, tweeted, "By inciting violence and sticking and stroking." excited here and stoking fears of election integrity uh trump has again shown that he is unfit to be president the group added if there is evidence and trump and anyone president or not president wants to bring it out and put it out there everyone should listen and another i i while i'm on my soapbox sorry folks (laughs) the second thing everyone's going oh they cut him off on all the social media you know what No one in the government did it. It was these social media companies that decided to do it of their own accord. So don't blame it on the the Democrats or don't blame it on the liberals. Don't blame it on anyone except the companies that did it. And when they did do it, particularly um, Facebook, there was a a communique issued that explained why. And so if you want to understand it, you know, it's just like going into a restaurant and um, being refused to be served. Because for whatever reason, that's what they can do. They don't have to sell you food. They don't have to sell you clothes. The owners can say, we we refuse to serve you. and Because it is a business. And there's no mandate of freedom of speech with that regard. Freedom of speech is... And I don't think you. And I don't think you can ever stop freedom of speech, even with the most severe laws. Communication still gets out there. But anyway, these companies that um, put the kibosh on it did it of their own accord. That's all I want to say. Okay, I'm done with that. <laughs> We've covered a lot of bases already this morning, so um, we're gonna take a, a short music break, and I'm gonna be back with on this day in history, history, and there's some interesting things. Well, and there's some interesting news I haven't shared with you yet either. So, but I don't want to. I don't want to populate the airways with too much stuff too too soon. (laughs) Thank you. Here, excuse me as we fade into you.
1: Take a breath that's true Hallelujah changes lives.
0: that was fading to you. I have a request for this next song, Catch and Release by uh, Matt Simon. It's, uh, listen to the words.
1: There's a place I go to When no one knows me It's not lonely It's a necessary thing It's a place I made, uh, find out what I made, uh, the nights I've stayed, uh, counting stars and fighting sleep, let it wash over me, ready to lose my feet, take me off to the place where one reviews life's mystery, steady on down the line, lose every sense of time, take it all in, wake up, that's my part of me, day to day I'm blind to see. Da-dum-dum-dum. This place I'm going. I know if I breathe real slow, let it out and let it in. It can be terrifying to be slowly dying. Also clarify the end where we begin. So let it wash over me. I'm ready to lose my feet. Take me off to the place where one reveals life's mystery. Steady on down the line, lose every sense of time. Take it all in. Wake up that's one part of me. Day to day, I'm blind to see and find how far to go. Everybody got the reason. Everybody got the way. We're just catching and releasing what builds up throughout the day. When it gets into your body, flows right through your blood. We can tell each other secrets and remember how love.
0: That goes out to a special listener who called it in. I did not get his name. But thank you for requesting. The words uh, are very thoughtful. And um, it caused me to reflect a bit on what some things that happened recently for me. And uh, it's uh, the family getting together, which is what we all want to do during the holidays. And we've survived and made it through the holidays. And we did our family with the blessing of Zoom. But in some regards, it was a different It was a different get-together because it was more, I guess the conversation was more focused and general at the same time, if you can get that. And it was about our families and uh, the the path we've traveled, which brings me to think about catch and release and the message there about uh, how far does it go and um, reflecting on what's going on in your world. So in this process, I put together a... I think it was just like eight minutes or maybe 50, maybe ten minutes of uh, family photos that we had collected over the years from when we were young. And there's nothing like looking back for four or five hours at all your family photos and your parents and think of questions that you wish you'd ask and you can't now and and generally reflect on the world and when I came out the other side I felt uh, it was very cathartic, and I felt very good. I felt like uh, it empowered me on some level. Uh, the richness of uh, the path that so many of my family has traveled, and my my own path included, and in, on some level, it, it uh, rewarded me with some significance. You know, I think sometimes we all have self doubt and think, "What what are we doing? Is it really is it really significant?" does it really make a difference? Kind of like, uh, what is that annual Christmas (laughs) one where he discovers that his life does make a difference, you know? So, and so if you're not feeling your life is making a difference, there is, I just got to say, because people listen all over with this program, that the Trevor Project is there to help. And, um, especially during this time when there's so much going on, it's just, it can be very difficult and very overwhelming. And sometimes you just got to pull back and kind of like a catch and release. You got to pull back and reflect and take a deep breath and know that uh, it's going to go on. We just, uh, and I don't mean in a bad way or a good way, but it, 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 it's, it is what it is. And it's not to fret about. Anyway, the phone number is 866-488-7386, 866-488-7386, or, or Google the Trevor Project, and um, it helps. It helps um, a lot. I had some the topic of depression and the things that affect us particularly lately, but I also think, you know, when you come out the other side, it's, it's like what Andrew Carnegie said, Diamonds are but mere coal, put under tremendous pressure, so we all have that opportunity to become a diamond when we 're put under tremendous pressure and not and don't forget to keep stepping forward and make the make the the world the best it can be um, and I say today is a good day to say hello to someone or call someone up you haven't talked to for a while. See how they're doing. I know I went uh, here's another story it's all about me, you know. <laughs> I went to Trader Joe's the other day, as we all do. It's my social outlet. Put my mask on, go to Trader Joe's, wash my hands, be careful, keep my distance and all that good stuff. And I thought, you know, I'm going to buy me a bottle of screw-top wine, some affordable stuff. So I was thinking uh, I, I I needed to relax a little. I haven't had any, I don't know, nine months. It's been a while. So I... So as I'm leaving the store, I'm thinking of a friend of mine named Harry. And I'm thinking, um, I'm going to call him and tell him that I picked up a bottle of wine and that I was thinking of him because he likes red wine. And so it was just a casual phone call. And he says, you know, why don't you come over and and we'll have dinner and I'll I'll order uh, it delivered from a. So, you know, we wore our masks. He sat at one end of the table, I sat at the other end of the table we shared a bottle of wine very carefully and he ordered to go so that we had our own food and our own utensils and everything. And it was lovely. It was just, uh, I basked in the afterglow of that. And, uh, and so I recommend, even though it may seem silly, it's important to have that um, personal exchange on a one-on-one if you can um, with someone Someone who, uh, you know, you enjoy their company, obviously. (laughs) Otherwise, I don't know about that. But anyway, I digress. So, uh, yeah, so be creative. Um, Another thing to do is picnics. You know, and today's not a bad day for that. Again, run over to the the, uh, Saturday market, get some provisions, and go out over over the Pacific Ocean off uh, the lawn at the Montage. And uh sit at a bench there, even if you're by yourself uh and talk to the pigeons and the not the pigeons but the seagulls and the birds, whatever critters are running around uh, it's a beautiful day for that, and very very uh heartwarming so that's it, and I'm unanimous in that. so let's get on with things a little more a little more fun here on this day in history, history history it says what happened in history history? January 16th, I should do it like like it's uh, hot up the press. January 16th, in 1967, the Louisiana Supreme Court rules that the state statutory ban on unnatural carnal copulation, oh my God, so early in the morning, on Saturday morning, do we really have to talk about it, applies to women engaged in oral sex with other women. So women were being treated equally as men. So it wasn't just men that had carnal copulation. Isn't that interesting? And what state was that? Louisiana. Hmm, I wonder if that's changed or if it's still on the books. Who knows? January 17th, which would be tomorrow. uh, In 1971, novelist um, Merle Miller comes out in a New York Times Magazine essay entitled, What It Means to Be Homosexual. That's for you, Brian Rodriguez. Uh, he later says, I don't see any great rush of people hiring or lining up to declare themselves as homosexual. Who is to say, <laughs> say they should do so? I think, however, it is rather important for one thing. You cannot demand your rights, civil or otherwise, if you're unwilling to say what you are. That's uh, That's very true. If everyone... If everyone stepped forward all at once, I think there'd be a lot of people that would be surprised. (laughs) Anyway, going on, in 1982 in Austin, Texas, voters rejected by an almost two to one margin a ballot proposal that would have allowed housing discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. So they rejected it. In other words, you can't say, I'm not going to rent you an apartment because you're gay. And here in California, there was real there was a realtor. Uh, well, there's a political person who felt that if a if a homeowner wanted to sell their was selling their home that they didn't have to sell it to a gay person if they didn't want to, which I thought was um, very unkind. Anyway, it's I don't think I'll sell it to the um, that jewish guy i don't like the or i don't think i sell it to the black guy or i don't think i'll sell it to the native american or the hispanic you know so that's that's the problem with that okay january 18th um miami becomes the first major southern u.s city to pass a gay rights ordinance Ooh, miami really despite highly publicized opposition from floridian orange Juice spokesperson anita bryant <laughs> I liked her uh, half sister Anita Mann. <laughs> uh, that was poor. anyway. And the nineteenth, which would be Tuesday of this week, just so you know, eighty-six more hours till it's Wednesday, till inauguration day. Uh, in case you're counting, in uh, on January nineteenth, in uh, LGBTQ history, uh, in 1976, the Vatican. Uh, calls homosexuality a serious depravity that can, in no case, be approved of. In its newly released declaration on certain questions concerning sexual ethics, that was in '76. I'm glad we have a pope now that says, "Who am I to judge?" And there's people saying, "Well, he's very liberal. He's pro-gay." No, he didn't. He didn't say. He said, "I'm not one to judge." You know, and and a couple other things, but he is. Um, he does believe in more I- inclusion and less exclusion. I will say that. So good on him, I've Pope Francis. He, I I actually kind of like him. Actually, the, the great movie with him with uh, where they did um. It was the Pope's, and it really it really kind of was heartwarming to watch. If you haven't seen it, it talks about uh. Well, Anthony Hopkins is plays one part. I, I forget who plays Pope Francis, but um, he looks a lot like Pope Francis in it. It's um, it explains the relationship in the church. And I don't know. It, it. I thought I'm not a religious, very religious person. I'm a confirmed Episcopalian, but um, a lot of people say that's nothing more than a social group. So I don't know. But I do believe that there's some, there's something out there on some level in some way that hopefully we'll all discover at some point. Uh, but I digress. Um, the movie was an excellent movie to explain the relationship of the church and its people and uh, the thought processes in the hierarchy of the church that I never thought were there. You know, honestly, I thought it was a, you know, top-down, slammed, slam dunk. So it's, it's a really good movie. I, I suggest it. It's not depressing. It's, it's good. It's fun. And um, yeah. A <clears throat> Good one to watch. Uh, 1982 on this day in history, January 19th, on the syndicated Helen Gurley Brown show uh, host and cosmopolitan editor, national gay task force director, Lucia Valseca. Is it true that gay people are sexier than non-gay people? <laughs> She asked that. Oh my! Well, I wonder what the answer was. Come on. Okay, the biggie. Wednesday, inauguration day. On this day in history. Let's see what happens on Wed. What has happened on Wednesday in the past? In 1960, a U.S. Court of Federal Claims overturns the other than honorable discharge issued by the Air Force to Fannie Mae Clackham for her alleged homosexuality. This is the first known instance of a homosexuality, homosexuality-related discharge being successfully fought. Although the case turned uh, on, although the case turned on due process issues and did not affect the U.S. military's policy of excluding homosexuals from service, uh, so it helped, but it didn't. It didn't get to the goal. Yeah, okay, all right. Oh, well, that was 1960. At least it was being challenged. 1975, Terrence McNally's comedy, The Riffs, opens in New York City. The cast member, Rita Moreno, will go on to win the Tony for her performance as singer Googie Gomez. In 1979, Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. I wanted to play that today. (laughs) I couldn't find it. Uh, A gay anthem for the ages begins its 17-week climb up the Billboard's Top 40 Charts. Uh, it's a wonderful song. I have a different version of it here by Cake, but it's I just couldn't do it. It was too sacrilegious for me. <laughs> has to be Gloria Gaynor. Okay. In 1981, Ronald Reagan is inaugurated in Washington, D.C., the great experimenter of trickle-down economy. In 1983, Howard Cruz's comic strip Wendell debuts as a regular feature in The Advocate. So that's the Wednesday on this day in history. They only mentioned one president. I guess the others didn't matter. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, and then uh, let's do the 21st, which would be Thursday in 1966. Time Magazine publishes an unsigned two-page article. The homosexuals in America, which includes statements by such, such as homosexuality is a pathetic title, second rate substitute for reality, a pitiful flight from life. Pitable, pitiful flight from life. Why would they say it's pitiful? I have to do some more research on that. And January 22nd, on this day in history, which is the last, will take us to next Friday, a full week we got here. 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court decides Roe versus Wade legalizing abortion in the United States. Norma Leia McCovey, McCorby, also known as Jane Roe, wrote of her sexual orientation in 1994 autobiography, I Am Roe. A few years later, she claims that she had converted to Christianity, and no longer a lesbian. Oh, come on. She got uh, into one of those conversion therapy people things. (laughs) Oh, well, (laughs) that stuff happens like that, you know. So we're gonna we're gonna hit riptide here because it's a beautiful day. If you're thinking about going to a picnic, there's lots of places to do it. And the Saturday market's still open. you still got time. that was Vance Joy and Riptide. I, i's Craig here. I just uh, I'd amaze here at the studio and she's going to be on her with her uh, program here uh at on the hour and she made she pointed out that this is the last show uh that I will be doing and she will be doing uh while <laughs> the Trump administration is around. So, I don't know what to say about that, but I I I think that's fine. Everyone has uh uh, entitled to their opinions, and, and just like part of that anatomy, everyone has one. <laughs> it's just so anyway, I uh, I just thought I'd point that out. Anyway, um, I do have some more news that I want to talk about, and some good, not so pleasant, but uh, I think it's important. This I find this one kind of interesting in China, and only because China has, I think, is close to one billion people. Did you know that? That's nine hundred ninety nine million. Yes. And here's a statistic. Now, this is depressing. I shouldn't bring this up. But have you ever asked Surrey or uh, any of your, or Google or any of those things to tell you how many people die every year from uh, starvation? Did you know that it's 9 million? That's 9 million die from starvation, primarily from poor water and contamination. And uh, it, it, It's worth noting that I think why so many celebrities that travel around the world and entertain see this more clearly, having been to these other countries, including Bill Gates and uh, a few other people, and they do what they can to try and help it. Well, and a good part of it is too much population, Uh, but um, yeah, 9 million, and we're having a bad day because it's... uh... (laughs) the temperature's 50 degrees, no, (laughs) but but we're having a fat. we appreciate our fabulous days, let's not go there, we appreciate our fabulous days, so here's a story from China, I digress, I do that a lot, browsing the internet as a young policeman in China, Mao Boali recalls the sheer volume of web pages telling him that he was a pervert, diseased, and needed, and in need of treatment, simply because he was gay, I felt extremely lonely after I'd become aware of my sexual orientation, says Ma, at the time a newly minted officer in a small colonial city. Two decades later, the soft spoke, softly spoken 43-year-old now helms Blued, B-L-U-E-D, one of the world's largest dating platforms for gay men. The app went public last July with $85 million, with $85 million debt on NASDAQ. A remarkable um, debut on uh, NASDAQ. 85 million. That's like Tesla. <laughs> well, tesla's tesla's uh, crazy. I could talk about that forever. But a remarkable tech success story from the country that classified homosexuality as a mental illness as recently as 2001. Parent company Blue City's sunlit Beijing campus teams with young and casually dressed programmers who hold meetings in rooms named after Oscar Wilde and other prominent LGBTQ figures from around the world. This is in Japan, folks. This is wonderful. The office boasts uh, rainbow unicorn mascots, gender-neutral toilets, and photos of Ma's meetings with dignitaries, including Chinese Premier Lai Kichang. Ma's journey uh, to the apex of China's tech industry began with In the early 2000s, when he began publishing Dang Lan Org, a blog about his life as a gay man. There were a few places in China at the time for gay men to socialize, Ma says, adding that the people would write on the walls of public toilets saying, meet here at this or that time. Everyone was scared of being outed. Uh, Ma's blog gradually expanded to an influential online forum for LGBTQ people in China uh, it shared uh, lifestyle articles, health advice, and short stories. I thought I could build a website to tell gay people like me, you don't need to feel inferior. You don't need to be suicidal, he said. Increasing local media coverage of the website outed Ma and his, own, and his coworkers and prompted him to leave the police force in 2012. He launched Blue, Blued the same year. So... He took that first step, and he's worth 85 million debut on the Nasdaq. So that is truly good news, and <laughs> something to celebrate. It's uh, it's about uh, self-loathing and and abandoning that attitude, and stepping forward with a new attitude that's healthy, wealthy, and wise. No, healthy. So. Now, not some not so pleasant news. Amid a coup, amid the coup chaos, which is this last Wednesday, Trump quietly erases LGBTQ, LGBTQ protections in adoption health services. That's being challenged, and in other countries, is being challenged too. That again, I've expressed my opinion many times on this. I, if if you're gay and you're and it's two guys and they want to have a, a family and, and adopt a child who is perhaps running from foster home to foster home and property of the state, because there's no parents there, uh, to take care of them. Uh, it's a planned, it's a planned adoption and it's not, a, anyway, I just think it's, it's good. Uh, under the cover of chaos, the day after Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol, the Trump administration has officially nixed regulations barring federal governments in the Department of Health and Human Services from discriminating uh, against LGBTQ people. In other words, you can discriminate now, uh, including an adopt uh, adoption services, including adoption services. H, Homeland um, human, human Services went on uh, went public on Thursday with a. a the final rule, which rescinds regulations implemented in the Obama administration, barring discrimination among HHS uh, uh, grantees with respect to sex, religion, sexual orientation, and gender identity. The change also rescinds the Obama era regulations requiring uh, HHS um, uh, to treat um, guarantees to treat as valid the marriages of same sex couples. So, a lot of it was rescinded. I'm not going to go on. It goes on. Uh, it affects uh, everything. So, to rescind the one thing, uh, it's written about in policy in many departments. So, it rescinds it in many departments for many reasons. Even though recently, discrimination, sex discrimination included sexual orientation, according to the high court. So, I hopefully it will be challenged. Hopefully it will be redirected. And because I do think couples that want to adopt a child should be allowed to, after all. uh, Is it gonna, it's gonna hinder anyone? I don't think so. (laughs) Is it going to help a child have a full life and, and a loving family? I think so. So that's, I'm unanimous in that. (laughs) All right. Um, What else do we have here? Uh, Department of Education says Title IX does not apply to LGBTQ discrimination. Well, that is the title that, um, so Department of Education disagrees with the court. How can that be? Uh, I think that the uh, nominee for um, Department of Education is actually a person who has experience teaching that uh, Biden has selected, which is... um, interesting. <laughs> it's nice that someone that's heading a, a uh, I don't know, 20,000 employee department uh, has experience within the scope of what the department's about. I mean, you could have a lot of experience, I'm sure, but it'd be good to have some that's uh, applicable. And uh, Polish activist faces jail for sticking up a Virgin Mary a poster with a rainbow halo. Now, I don't think that's freedom. I just... <laughs> but Poland has got a lot of anti-gay stuff going on, and they're suffering in a lot of other ways. And I, f- I feel on some level they need someone to attack. So it's the LGBTQ people. The trial of three Polish activists accused of offending religious beliefs I'm offended by some religious beliefs all the time. We'll start on Wednesday, Uh, according to LGBTQ rights organizations, ILGA in Europe, which could result in each one of them being jailed for up to two years. Uh, They were arrested in 2019 and charged the day after they stuck up posters of Virgin Mary adorned with a rainbow halo symbolic of the popular flag used to represent LGBTQ plus community. Polish conservative uh, politician, Jochim brudzinski took to Twitter at the same time of their arrest in 2019. She was taken in by police before Anna and Joanna to announce that someone had been arrested for carrying out a pro- profanation, I've never heard of a profanation, profanation of the Virgin Mary, uh, and police arrested and detained them, uh, <clears throat> on their return trip from Poland at the Amnesty International. Oh my. The, the three women were charged in July of 2020. So we take for granted some of the freedoms we have here. Um, I think sometimes we forget other countries are not as free. It's not as free. So I say, so now this is an interesting, I always like these odd ones. (laughs) This is an odd one. Popular rabbi warns followers COVID vaccine could make you gay. Oh no, don't. (laughs) Where, where do they get this information? I, a popular rabbi urged his followers not to be vaccinated against the coronavirus, warning that them doing so, it might turn them into homosexuals. Rabbi Daniel Azor, assertion, goes against um, dio- diocese issued by uh, leading rabbis in Israel and around the world who have called the Ultra Orthodox Society uh, to take every precaution against the global pandemic, including getting vaccinated. Um, Asser, who has tens of thousands of followers on social media, is no stranger to controversy. In his latest online sermons, he urged that any vaccine made using doing embryonic substitute, uh, and, and we have evidence of this, causes opposite tendencies. So that's how it happens, you know vaccines are taken from uh, an embryonic uh, substrate and they and they did that here too. So it can cause opposite tendencies. Oh, oh I don't know. I think it's time to <laughs> it's time to wrap it up, Craig, it's KX104.7. This is rainbow radio on Saturday so glad you've tuned in it's nice to catch up the last show of uh the <laughs> oh, uh, Trump administration and I will see you on the other side this next Saturday my uh coworker is here Ida May I was I, I was just telling him how you pointed out this very significant uh programs we have today
1: Yes, this is the last program. This is the last visit to Radio Neighboring and Rainbow Radio in the Trump administration, oh and I'm kind of happy about that. I have to, I have to say.
0: Well, I, I hope the future is bright for all of us, and and uh, we. You love got it. a call. I know I got a call. I'm gonna. We're gonna go to some music, and Ida will be back on the other side. Thanks for tuning in. We love you, and take care, my friends.